Hello, hello. Welcome to the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I am your host, Heidi, and I am really excited to share this episode with you guys today. I feel like I say that on every episode, but they're really so great. Um, Today, I just finished up an interview with Lucia. Lucia is from um, from Argentina, but she lives in Germany and she has kickstarted a phenomenal freelance career. She's working with anywhere from five to six clients at a time. She has clients all over the world, um, in Canada, Netherlands, the U S Egypt. So cool to see, uh, the diversity of clients that she's working with. She also said it's really cool because she gets to talk to a bunch of people around the world and it's fun to meet them. Um, but Lucia's story started as, A lot of people's story starts um, applying to projects on Upwork but not getting hired for anything. She spent about uh, six months doing that and finally was like, what is missing? What am I doing wrong? She enrolled in Freelance Accelerator, um, my freelancing course, and within weeks, which she told me she was really surprised that she got results that quickly, she was expecting months, but within weeks, she instantly got her first project for $1,800 and then that grew and grew and she got new clients and new clients and new clients. And the best part of this is that she only made a few small tweaks to her pitch and her proposal. And she talks about exactly what changes she made and why they worked. So if you have been kind of fumbling through Upwork and not really getting any projects, there is so much great insight here that Lucia is going to share. Now, I will throw out the disclaimer that she does have a bit of experience. She's got about 10 years of experience, but we have other freelance accelerator students who don't have any industry experience and have used these same strategies and have gotten results. So please don't be put off by her experience or feel like you can't do it because you don't have experience. These strategies work for everyone because nobody does them and so when you are that top one percent that does them you're going to stand out and you're going to be the one that gets hired um so i'm super excited to share all of those with you i also am going to give you a quick spoiler on one of the most heartwarming parts of lucia's story about being a mom so she's got two young boys and and that was a lot of the inspiration for her becoming a freelancer and not wanting to work um full time is that she told me the tables have really turned and her clients, a lot of whom are moms, are really excited when they find out that she's a mom and they love working with her because of that. And it's such a contrast to what we see typically in the industry where there's often like legit mom discrimination in fashion. So it's really cool to hear that she's experiencing something totally different, working with brands that she's excited about on projects that she loves and with clients that support her and her life um and her family it just it really warms my heart to share that part of the story so um you guys are gonna love this um quick shout out if you too are trying to kickstart or grow your freelance career my freelance accelerator program opens up a few times a year and i would love to have you join depending on when you're listening to this it is opening at some point or another. Um, In the meantime, I highly suggest you get on the email list to find out about that. You can head on over to SoHeidi.com slash freelance. It's S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance. And that will get you access to my best free freelancing resources that you are going to love, as well as get you notified when Freelance Accelerator opens up for enrollment. So, Let's jump into the conversation with Lucia and learn all about how she kickstarted and is 
growing and kicking so much butt with her freelance textile and fashion career. Welcome, Lucia, to the Successful Fashion Freelancer podcast. Um, I'm really, really excited to talk with you. I know a little bit about your story. We chatted. It was actually been a few months by now, so I'm sure you have some awesome updates. Um, Can you start by introducing yourself to everybody and letting us know who you are and what you do? Yes. Hi, Heidi. (laughs) Hi again. Um, My name is Lucia Sanginetti-Yoneshait. I'm a freelance fashion and textile designer. I'm originally from Argentina, but I've been living in Germany for the past decade. And uh, I spend my days creating um, artworks and prints for my clients. Also, I'm also specialized in kidswear fashion and... Yeah, I'm really enjoying my work right now. And yeah, I'm super excited to be talking to you again. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So can you start out by like, where did the beginning of your career start? Well, um, I studied, um, I, I have a fashion degree. I made it in Buenos Aires. I was about to finish it, but then I had to. Move, I had already planned to move to Germany with my now husband. And I tried to finish my degree here, but I got rejected twice. And I started working uh, other jobs, and in, in, always in fashion. Okay. Um in uh, like a retail store and then uh, at an online shop for fabrics. That was also my beginnings on the textile part, so to say. Okay. And then uh, I finally got my, my, my certification. I finished my degree with an exchange program, something really strange, but it worked. And then I got an internship in a design agency here in Hamburg. And um, after a couple of weeks, they say, okay, we, we want to hire you. So, yeah, that, the first months were unbelievable. It was super tiring, but it was amazing because I was really working from, I was really doing all the things I studied and I, it, was, it was amazing. We had uh, several clients and many different niches and I, I, I could apply everything I learned in, in college or at the, at the university and then um, also learn lots of new things. Yeah. I learned Illustrator while working there. So, <laughs> yes, huge. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you got your break in the industry, like a true design job after working some retail um, and, and like you said, the online fabric shop and then finished your certification through yeah. some roundabout way. Um, so then fast forward to more um, kind of maybe where we are now or, or the last year or so. At what point did you decide or think that maybe freelancing was a, a route you wanted to explore and and why when did that happen and why did that happen yeah well actually I, I've never planned it uh, I think most things in life happen this way mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was I was working at this uh, fashion design agency and then uh, I got married and I got my first kid and um, for them, working part-time wasn't an option. And for me, being 
an absent mom wasn't an option either. Yeah. Um, so they offered me, okay, you you can become a freelancer and then you can come up here a few days a week. And um, that way, you know, it was, it at least here in Germany, it, and I think everywhere, it's not that common to find a, a part-time job right. uh, in the fashion industry. Right. I think everywhere is like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's and true. Either, yeah, it was either working in something else part-time or, um, yeah, trying to look for part-time work with a little guy home, you know, and I said, okay, let's do this. And I, I started freelancing and at first he, my, my baby was still little, so I worked a couple of days, but then, um, yeah, it was when, when I... After I heard your description about these permalancer positions, you know, when you, uh, you're at their offices and you work nine to five and you have no benefits, you know, it's like um, I said, oh, yeah, that was me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of that situation. Uh, it would have been ideally for me to work from home because I had all the equipment, but they, they didn't thought. They didn't think it was an option, but it's mm. okay. And then when I got pregnant with my second child, um, I said, no, that's it. I want to work from home. I um, I don't want to go um, to the office. I had a long commute, even though I live pretty near the, the, the city, but I had a commute and I didn't want to do that. And then when my baby was sleeping, I would watch... Um, online courses about textile design because I, I I had done something in the past, but not really, I didn't know all the rules and anything. And I made like course after, after course and started making collections. And yeah, a couple of, yeah, I started, when did I start? That was 2019, I guess. Mm -hmm. I started like when um, my baby was one year old, I started like, Okay, let's do this. And I put all my energy into into freelancing and getting clients and making collections and putting myself and my work out there. Yeah. So what was yeah. that like? So you you really took some initiative on your own to say I want to do textiles exclusively and you took a bunch of courses and you learned and it sounds like you did a bunch of self-directed projects to create a portfolio and to learn and then you wanted you took that and decided to start trying to freelance what were you, what were you doing to try to freelance with so you had this portfolio what what, what did you do yeah um well basically i had this because i since i worked in this design agency i i didn't have like i i couldn't use the all the work that i had done because it of course it doesn't belong to me and so i created this self-directed projects uh, in order to showcase the things that I had learned there and kids' collections, baby. Uh, and then with my new, so to say, knowledge about textile design, then I made also um, like the clothes and the textile patterns and prints to, to go with those clothes. And okay. then um, 
I started uh, applying. I started on Upwork. I, I had read that many people were having su success there. And I think I started um, after the pandemics hit. So it must have been summer last year. Okay, summer, summer 2020, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, but nothing, nothing was happening. And I was applying to jobs who, that were literally what I was dreaming of doing. And, and they weren't responding. Sorry, responding. Yeah. And then I met you. <laughs> I met you and I uh, read your books. I downloaded them, I printed them, and I read them cover to cover. And I had many tips there already. And then I found out through Instagram, I think, I started following you. And I found out about um, Fast, about uh, your course. And I took it and it was really mind-blowing. Yeah. Because I, I, I learned so many like little, little adjustments and it was like a huge difference. So talk a little bit about that. Like you, okay, so you were applying and applying on Upwork for, it sounds like quite a while, maybe six months or so. Is that right? A good bit of time. Six months. Okay. Yeah. Six months. Yeah applying on Upwork to, like you said, jobs you were dreaming to get. You're like, oh, my God, I'm perfect for this. And you didn't hear back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you enrolled in FAST, the Freelance Accelerator Program, and you made some changes and you started seeing massive results. I mean, I know some of your results because you've told me and you can talk about them. Yeah. Um, what were some of the changes that you made that took you from not hearing back to – oh my gosh, I'm getting multiple thousand dollar projects, like $1,800 and ongoing clients and like substantial work. What, what were some of the changes? Well, for example, this first month, even though I heard it takes a while, but I was sending to almost every posting that I saw that was about either textile design or kids. Even though I had already... Um, like niche down a little bit, but I, I wasn't in everything, everything. And it was mostly now I said it and it's a bit embarrassing, but I didn't know better at that time. And it was like copy paste because if I copy paste, I send 20 instead of three, you know, mm. like big mistake number one, of course. But um, yeah, I started, I, I, I think one of the best things that I learned in the course is, is to, see it from the side of the customer and if you you, you notice right away then the clients notice right away if you copy paste a message and you know it, it it's weird it's a huge difference if you had if you get like oh hi dear sir or madam i'd love to do this i did i went to school and learned this 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 and my past jobs i did this 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 you know, and it's a long test. I mean, people are busy, you know, and then I, I started making some changes and addressing if and sometimes on Upwork, it's really difficult to, to know the name of the person mm -hmm. if, if they don't, if they don't post it or sometimes it helps if, if they, if they've already posted other jobs postings, then you can see, okay, they left a re the, the freelancer uh, left a review and sometimes they use their name mm, so yeah, that's so a tip get, where yeah, that's great name. get creative to find their name yeah 
Yeah. And then when you address them with a name that's already a game changer and then um, not be afraid to put a little bit of emotion, you know, if you're really excited about the project, I think that that will um, like show through your words. Yeah. Uh, Of course, don't go overboard with emojis or you (laughs) you still want to show professional, you know, but um, and yeah, also asking questions. Uh, Are you planning to... uh, a manufacturer here or overseas are you looking for solids or um, are you also uh, looking for uh, styles with prints you know and then I can say okay you know a little paragraph about me uh, I'm a freelance uh, fashion and, and textile designer specializing in baby and kids wear I've been doing this such this time like uh, longer than 10 years and like really briefly what I do and how can I help them and then also a huge game changer, you know, not like, okay, let me know if you are interested. No, no, like post a real question. <clears throat> Should we talk about this on a call? Should we jump on a call and talk about this? And the answer will be yes or no. And hopefully it's a yes. And then mm-hmm. they hit reply and they answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that well, lots of other stuff, but... um. I think, for example, at the beginning, in these first six months, I had a couple of interviews, but I had the, the, the impression that I couldn't convince them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm your girl, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one who can help you. I, yeah. I think it, it also has a lot to do with practice, you know, the first times you're so nervous. And then once you had a, a, few, a few interviews, behind you and you 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 sound more confident and you look more confident and I think that's that that shows and I had in January my my first client through Upwork we're still working together and they're these lovely women in the U.S. and um yeah and they they were super happy uh, with my services and I think I got a little bit more confidence and then it's the ball started rolling. Yeah. So, okay. So I love this because a couple of things you, so first of all, you were doing what most people do. Like you just copy and paste the same pitch mm. over and over and over. Like dear hiring manager, dear sir, madame, like it's so generic. And you did a little bit of research to find their name. I love the tip of looking for it in the past reviews, if that's possible. And if you can't find their name, that's okay too. But go to a little bit of effort because that can make a difference. But beyond that, be a little more personalized in the pitch, um, talking about their specific project, asking them yeah. questions. I love this. Um, as someone who also hires freelancers a lot, asking questions when the freelancer asks you questions it makes you as the client really excited because you're like oh they're thinking about my project they care about my project they have ideas and they want to know the details you guys it really makes a huge difference so I love that and then like you said closing with a very clear uh comment or question yeah call to action um, should we jump on a call so those are really simple changes and one of the things you said to me when we had first spoken was you know, the coolest thing was that I didn't have to like start over and like build everything from scratch. You just changed a few things and you instantly started seeing huge results. Yeah. 
So talk a little bit about, um, I mean, you had been pitching for six months. You hadn't really gotten much. Like you said, you had a few interviews. Um, Talk about what did it feel like to make those few changes, send it out, and then you got some massive results. Like I think, if I'm not mistaken, within a few weeks of joining Fast, you got um, a project for $1,800 after just changing a few things on your pitching. What did that feel like yeah. to go through like that that big change with just a f- that big jump with just a few changes? Yeah, I was super excited because uh, it was like yes, this was exactly what I needed, and it came at the right time, and I was really surprised but happy, of mm-hmm. course, that uh, I had such such a huge result only by um, by tweeting some some things and for example in this project that you mind is um that you mean sorry is that um it was bedding for kids okay you know? okay yeah it was a really cute interesting project and i had one of my one of my uh, sample collections that i had done was about um, bedding so instead of sending her my whole portfolio or maybe um, really nice collections but of, of um, baby clothing I just sent her it was like a two sheet pdf with some uh, mock-ups with some flat sketches a really nice presentation and I sent her look I could do something like this and she was like oh yes and one of the comments she made I love that you are specialized in, in children, yeah. in children, baby, you know, yeah. and because, yeah, I think she was, she was really confident and she knew, okay, she knows what she's talking about. And I mean, even if it's betting, it's not like really that different, but it gave her extra confidence to say, okay, yes, this, this is the right person for yeah. this project. Yeah, it really does. And I love that, like you said, it was a two-page PDF. Like, you guys, it doesn't have to be this massive, full-blown portfolio. What works so much better is if you just show a really specialized project. And I love how you, like, you're really focused and you're really niche. You do kids' textile, kids' and babies' textiles, and, and sometimes that's on clothes and sometimes that's on bedding and maybe it's on other things too. I don't know, maybe wallpaper or something, but when you can, so first of all, your niche, you're not trying to do kids and women's and men's and denim and activewear and lingerie and all the things. Um, so you're really niche, but then you have this opportunity. You're like, you said, yeah, I could show her the clothing and you and I know that it's, it can be the same textiles, but when the brand sees it, they perceive it like, oh my gosh, Lucia is our person. This girl is made for us because look, she's doing kids bedding already. Yeah. Has such a bigger impact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and she said at first they're, they're starting with solids, you know, uh, like uni colors. And then she said, well, in the future, we might also add some textiles. And, you know, they don't have to look for someone else because I already do that. And yeah. they, they already know, you know, so they're also planning for the future. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You said a, a few minutes ago when you were talking about how, you know, you made some small changes to your approach on pitching and you instantly got like huge results. You said you were really surprised. What, what was surprising about that? I think it was uh, what surprised me the most. It was that it was so fast. 
yeah. well, it's just like the cross, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened really fast. I said, okay, I will try this and maybe in a couple of months, but it was uh, a matter of weeks. And uh, and I was also relieved because I said, okay, the, the months, the months uh, pre- previous to that, you know, pr- prior to that, I was... I was on it. Okay, what's what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? You know, I have the skills, and why why can't they see it? And yeah, now I know. You know, <laughs> um, and this it, this changes change everything. Even yeah. though they were small, and um, then they sent me invitations, and they left really nice feedback. And yeah, it's it's really it's really good. I'm yeah. I'm really glad. I'm so glad for you. So this was back, um, er, so it's about September 2021 that we're recording this. And this would, your your change in the pitching and I think when you joined Fast was back in earlier 2021. So we've had quite a bit of time. So you get this first client um, doing the betting and they clearly are so excited to work with you. Like you said, now they're sending you invitations for projects, leaving nice reviews. Uh, What else is happening are you, you're sending out more pitches and you're getting more clients, if I'm not mistaken, because you kept insta- sending me messages on Instagram saying, oh, I just got two new clients last week. And then like the week later, you're like, oh my God, I got another one. Like, tell us a little bit more about how, how did things continue to build? Yeah. Uh, after that, it came to a point when I said, okay, I'm saying yes to so many. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm freaked out. Yeah. And now, oh. you know, but, um, but I think um, I also like to work, and I discovered that also on on fast doing the 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 work uh, books and everything. You know that I really enjoy working with startups mm. and 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 small brands. Yeah, and I think I really like you know I, I really enjoy the the part when they have they come to me with an idea and then I put it on the flats. On yeah. the sketches, on the colors, and then I send the overview, you know, and that reaction, oh my God. And, you know, because you, they have an idea and, and I'm, I'm the one who is able to, to like really mm, do it on paper and, 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 you know, it, I think that's, that's really, that's great. Um, for me to to work with startups for that reason and they have other times maybe it's not like they are in a hurry they have lots of questions and um, and yeah I think that's why I can work with with a couple I, I don't I I don't want to work with like 10 different projects at once because it's not fair for me it's not fair for my clients mm-hmm. but I think I have I would say five six right now going on and sometimes I send stuff and they say yeah let me come back in a few weeks I I have to uh, discuss this with my uh, partner you know and I think when they are at least until now when some are busy the others are still um, seeing and, and asking stuff so I think it's ebb and flow somehow and until now, it's it's really manageable. Yeah, that's amazing. How does it feel like, yeah. uh, let's say, back when your first uh, son? Is it? Do you have two sons? Yeah. Okay. When your first son was born, 
And you said you were going, you were doing the permalance thing with your old job and you were like, oh great, I'm freelancing, I'm working, but you were commuting and it was, you're like, I'm, this is not for me. Like I want to work from home. Then you, you had your second child, your second son. And you were like, I want to work from home. Like I want to do like a true remote thing. Um, and now you've built this really, really successful fashion freelancer career and you're getting to work from home, getting to work. It sounds like with projects and clients that you absolutely love and you're really excited about, and yeah. you're getting the opportunity to like balance your work life with your family life and still get to be a mom and then, like you said, not be absent. Um, yeah. How does it feel to be in that spot where it's just a couple years ago you were you were doing the permalance thing, like commuting to the office? Yeah, it's it's a huge difference. Um, I think it also comes with the, with the age, maybe, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But it's also, I, I remember going there and in my mind, I was, I was still going to the same office, you know, and I had this, this pressure to still work like as an employee, you know, mm-hmm. even though, yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, I spent lots of time thinking, okay, what well, is it really it for me? Why can I be a mom and a successful fashion designer? You know, mm. it's, I'm not asking, but I'm not asking much. I'm not <laughs> planning to, you know, get to the top of a huge brand or something like that. But yeah. I, I wanted to, to help others and to help other moms. I mostly, or um, I, I work with, with women and with moms. And yeah. also when I interview them, some before that being a mom was something negative you know oh yes yeah. you're a mom uh, yeah. and now it's a plus you oh. know it's really a plus because they, they last time she uh, a client i was talking with someone in egypt where you say what you know from my home office in germany i was talking to someone in egypt and she said you know what i love that you're a mom because you really understand the needs of the kids and in, and i was like yes absolutely i do and that that was great you know because sometimes when you're a mom then you're invisible and you're to so to say just a mom yeah. and and now it's something it's a plus you know and that's 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 huge i think that is so huge and especially in fashion i mean and, you know, I'm not here to say like, oh, our industry is so special because there's other industries like this. But in fashion, it can be not every company, but it can really be frowned upon to be a mom. And I know people that have like all of a sudden gotten fired when they became a mom. And, you know, there's a lot of sketchy yeah. stuff that yeah. goes on. And so to now be in a position where it's like celebrated and brands are connecting with you on that level, that is really, really phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I work sometimes they're not moms. And then I say they have ideas and I say, yeah, it looks great, but parents will hate you, you know, oh. well, <laughs> like that. But you know, if you put snaps everywhere and you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. change the kid at 3 a.m., they're going to hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zippers, not snaps. I, had that, I don't know if that happened to you before, but ha- have you ever bought something and you're you're dressing the kid and you say, Oh my God! The person who designed this did not has, have kids. <laughs> did not have kids because totally. you know the sleeves are super are not stretchy enough, and then the yes. kid is like hanging there. Ah, yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. so true. It's so true. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 
Um, okay, wait. So you're talking to a client in Egypt. You have someone in U.S. Where else are your clients located? Canada, Netherlands, um, uh, more in the U.S. Um, I think I have three in the yeah three from the U.S. in Miami and different states. Yeah, yeah, but the feeling is great. It's it's really it's really nice. It's really interesting also to talk to people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. Um, I'm really, really excited about your growth, Lucia. You really deserve it because I know you've worked really, really hard throughout your career and to get to where you are. Yeah, you should be super proud. Um, can you talk a little bit about, <clears throat> just because this comes up a lot, um, I think there's a, not I think, there is a really big stereotype about Upwork. Um, are you exclusively doing work on Upwork? Yes. Okay. So yeah. there is a really big stereotype that Upwork is just full of a bunch of really cheap clients that want a cheap price and then, you know, treat you poorly and, and they ask for a ton of revisions and they don't want to pay you. Like I think we've all kind of heard some of the headline horror stories of Upwork and I think that a lot of people have um, – sort of come to a belief that you don't find quality work there. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't used to support the platform. I had a very similar uh, feeling about it. Um, yeah. And I had heard a lot of stories. But I would say over the past year, so like 2020 and now into 2021, um, I've been seeing a lot of our FAST students, you're one of the examples, just having phenomenal success. So what has your experience there been in terms of like, let's tackle pricing to start. Cause I yeah. think that's the big one, right? Like, Oh, they just want it yeah. done for nothing. It's like, Oh, they just want a tech pack for $5 or they want to print. They want a, a custom textile print for like 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. what's your experience been? Yeah. Um, I think at first uh, Maybe the first months I would have applied because, oh, yeah, no, uh, experience uh, is an experience and I will do that. And then I started saying, no, it's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it. And then I pass. I mean, if someone is, is willing to do that, which I don't think it's great, but if someone is willing to do that, well, they can do it. I yeah. won't. Yeah. And I think um, on Upwork, uh, you have to put like your hourly rate, even even if you later uh, charge per project or not or you still charge hourly and um, I think when you set up your hourly rate um, the clients are all uh, they are capable to see okay what what level are you mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. are you a 25 like a 10 dollars an hour or uh, right now I have 60 60 you know okay, and that's great. also maybe the first project yeah, 60, yeah. And maybe the first project I say, okay, well, you know, because I I understand the client as well that it's it's sometimes they're they're investing their savings or something like that. Or they as a startup, you know, they don't have a huge um yeah, like savings or a huge amount of money to, to invest. So I say, okay, don't worry, we can run a, a trial project like you taught us in the course and uh, you know, at a reduced rate, and then 
you know, when we, um, when, if, if you're happy with it, then we move on, but with my actual rate. And they, they love the idea. And I think that's fair. And they are, they're confident that they say, okay, she's, she, she gets me and, and, and they're, they're grateful for, for the opportunity. And I think, um, coming back to pricing or to the hourly rate, I think by saving up your, your hourly rate, then you can, you can see, okay, I won't do things for a couple of bucks, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and then sometimes I, sometimes I apply because I, I really think the, the project is interesting and sometimes they don't really know how much that costs. Yeah. So they all put like an, a random number there. And then when we talk, I said, okay, or even at the, at the, um, you know, you can put the price or your rate and I put my rate and if they have accepted, then they accept it. And sometimes they, they don't, but sometimes they do. And I think, of course, there are lots of people there uh, that are looking for the cheapest and you can, you, clients have the option. You can, I think you can choose between, uh, I'm looking for the cheapest uh, freelancers. I'm looking for a mix of for a good price and experience mm-hmm. and I'm looking for experts. I think they have those three options. Yes, they do. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think for the cheapest I, I don't I don't I don't apply because you also have like maybe twenty or fifty other person or other freelancers applying and that's what I say though. But it, it, it takes a lot of you know um yeah of strength to say no, okay, I won't do it. You yeah. know because at, at first you want to do everything and you want to work. And even if it's 50 bucks, if it's 50 bucks, and then you, you realize and you learn to say, no, I say no. So I can say yes to, to the next big thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think there are, yeah, like everywhere. I think uh, I get also contacted a lot uh, through Instagram and, Oh, I love your prints. And of course they want to, they want they say always yeah something super exclusive and only for me and custom made and they have the budget for i always say okay you can go to pattern bank you can go to creative market but i won't be selling my stuff for for that amount of money and yeah. it doesn't have to be a fight or something like that they're just not my client yeah you know exactly um, yeah. yeah, they're not your client. And I think that's yeah. such an important distinction to make. And I talk about that a lot inside of Fast is that there, of course, are cheap brands out there. There's cheap companies in every industry. And guess what? They're just not your client. And you know what the thing is, too? The brands that want the cheapest work are the brands that will do the excessive revisions. They will mm. take advantage of you. They will want... Yeah access 24 7 they are the most difficult clients disrespectful yeah Yeah. when you hold your standard high for yourself like you're like 60 an hour I'm doing 60 and like maybe you do your trial project at 50 or whatever Uh, but when you hold your standard high you collect or you attract the quality clients and they respect you like they look at you and they treat you much differently than they treat a cheap freelancer. So when you go out there really, really cheap, you're actually doing a disservice to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think the industry as a whole, because I think if we collectively, we all stand up and we say, no, this is what our work is worth. And we as an industry are going to stand together on this. 
I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, so you said Instagram. Can you talk a little bit? Have you gotten any paying projects off of Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Also for for textile design, uh, it wasn't kids, but it was from um, Malaysia. Also, okay. they wanted to do some. Um, it was a mix of costume, and I had some some patterns, and they liked it, and they wanted to do something different with them for some furniture. Okay, really strange. Uh, I think that, um, well, the client was great and they pay, of course, and everything. I think uh, that was prior to the pandemic. So okay. I think that was a little bit on, on pause right now. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, of course. And I always ask, and this is something I also ask my clients on or, or at the job posting on Upwork, because sometimes they, they ask for custom patterns and I say, okay, maybe, you know, are you... Uh, exclusively looking for custom-made patterns or are you open to um to take a look i have i have like a ready to use uh, print catalog and mm -hmm. they can license it mm -hmm. and that's for startups is a way better and cheaper option than than doing something custom because mm -hmm. if they see something they like they buy uh they, they purchase a yearly license and that's it and you know I think um, that's that's also a great a great option for for many startups. Yeah, that is a great option. And then maybe you can offer them. You know, you can change the colors. You can put it into yeah. the flats and mock it up for them, yes. and like change the yeah. scale, scale. And yeah, the yeah. the specs for production. Um, yeah, I love that. I often and I I talk about this a lot inside of um, some of the portfolio critiques inside of Fast. But as a textile designer, to stand out. Um, from the print houses like Pattern Bank or like Creative Market, right? There's all these places that brands can go and just buy something off the shelf. But you can stand yeah. out as a freelance textile designer because you can offer all these services that they don't offer. You can make sure that it's in repeat because a lot of those prints are not in repeat. Um, colorways, mock-ups and flats, changing the scale, and then the technical specs. Those are like definitely skills I highly recommend. You clearly have all those skills. And so that gives you the opportunity to give them a reason to work with you versus just going buying something off the shelf from pattern make. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you got, I, I just, I want to touch on Instagram a little bit more because I, I think, um, a lot of people, we can really easily get sucked into the Instagram vortex. And a lot of people's strategy okay. is like, um, I'm just going to create a profile on Instagram. I'm an, and I'm going to, post and I'm going to use the right hashtags and I'll track brands. Um, now I know you do have a pretty solid following on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, but you're not like putting all your effort into like, I'm just going to sit here on Instagram and hope the brands find me because if it sound if I'm not mistaken, it still doesn't sound like you've, like you got that one project from Malaysia, but anything else really? Um, tech, a, a textile design studio from Italy. They found me on Instagram, and uh -huh. I started uh, working for them okay. for a couple of months. And yeah, I think I well, um, I had one Instagram handle for both services, so to say, for prints and for fashion. But soon I realized I was talking to different audiences. Uh, because I also do licensing uh, of my patterns, so it was a little bit confusing, and that's why I um, made now I have one for 
um, textile design at danky underscore com. And then the other one, it's quite new. Uh, it's exclusively uh, for fashion design for uh, for babies and okay. kids. And then um, I can talk to my to my client or to my ideal client in a in a more personal way. Mm-hmm. I have some. I, I share also. I don't know. You know, uh, like nice flats and then some information some basic terms about uh, the fashion industry and every you know things that could help them um with 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 their idea and i don't know sometimes a meme or something about motherhood uh, but Mm -hmm. always related to fashion of course like okay where where are your sock where is your other sock or something like that i don't know (laughs) something like for the little giggle and and then like sharing also a little bit of the process and what is this and what does a, I don't know bill of materials mean and what is a tech pack and I'm, I'm building that so I can redirect if, if I get questions I can redirect them to some blog mm-hmm. post or something mm-hmm. like that and right but if you only had to fo- if you only had like let's say and obviously we all have limited time and you've got two two amazing little boys but if you could only focus on one to get like the best ROI return on investment for your freelancing efforts like Upwork versus or maybe not even Upwork but just pitching and putting yourself out there in general whether that be on Upwork or via LinkedIn or via like cold email pitching versus building out your Instagram, I mean, it sounds like 98% of your work comes through the pitching avenue. Yeah. 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 Um, That's why, um, yeah, I just, it's not, for example, for the pattern, uh, I I do lots of patterns and I post every day, but for the freelance fashion, it's more relaxed, it's secondary and it's like something to send my clients to if they they have some questions or it's secondary and I post three times a week or something like that. Now it's on pause because I have to come up with other uh, great content for them. (laughs) Uh, But I also got flooded with freelance projects. So yay. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, you cannot, you cannot, post some flats on Instagram and see them wait until it's not like fishing, you know, it's not, no, Uh, you have to go and get it. And yeah. And another, another great tip also uh, from the course is, or, you know, it's not only applying, but also I think I learned a lot about this, like building a relationship and not to forget they're humans too. And they have a need and you can help them. And even if you have like a tip or something you can share with them, uh, they will enormous, enormously appreciate that. Yeah. I remember you told me about that. You were like, oh, if I trip over something useful, I can send it to them and they'll be grateful. It's so logical, but nobody does that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What has I think, for example, I've met a a woman, a startup, and she shared all her. her, Oh, sorry, I think it's breaking up the connection a little bit. Oh no, I I can hear you still. Okay, great. 
you were saying? Oh, no, you were saying. So you go ahead. You, you met a woman from a startup. Okay. Uh, from a startup, and uh, we talk. Um, we talk a little bit and she shared all her journey instead of, you know, instead of saying like on Instagram, oh, hi, this is my brand, buy from me. Yeah. She shared the whole process from idea to sampling to manufacturing and she shared all the struggles, all the changes and then she launched and she, a couple of weeks later, she was almost sold out. You know, because uh, she grew a great community and they were part of the whole process. And yeah. I don't know, every time I, I talk to someone who is planning to start something, I always send her something as little as the profile of this woman because she's amazing. And I know they can they can see what she what she has uh, what she has done and say, oh, my God, that's so inspiring. Something it doesn't yeah. have to be like something huge, something no. like that. That's it. It's yeah. really so small. So what has the reaction been from um, brands and maybe they're brands that you're already working with or maybe some of these conversations that you're having and you're sending them this profile to give them inspiration for what they could do for their brand. I imagine that sometimes is happening in the in earlier in the stage before they've hired you for a project but what has the reaction been from people when you've sent them little like tips and pieces of advice like that yeah i think they're really helpful and and surprised like oh my god you're thank you you're helping me already oh yeah. thank you so much yeah you know yeah, yeah. And last time, I don't know, there uh, there was another uh, client, she's a client of mine, and she had this idea um, about dog products, which is like, what? But for the patterns, you know, I, for the prints. And um, I don't know, I gave her like, we were brainstorming somehow, and I gave her an idea, and she was like, oh my God, oh yes, did, let me write that down, you know? And it was something really small, but it yeah. was the world to her. Yeah. And, and she thought super super grateful and she said oh no let me pay you for this this hour i'm getting so many uh, great pieces of advice and no it's okay it's just a consultation and it's an interview don't worry but yeah, yeah. i don't know she, but so she was many, really yeah but so many people especially in fashion where it's such like um everybody's so tight-lipped and they keep things so close yeah. to their chest and so you know i think that when you just offer up a small little bit of advice. You're like, it's, it's nothing. Or you share this profile of this other woman. You're like, oh, look at how she launched her brand. It did really well. Maybe you could follow something like this. That one little bit of advice gets them so excited and they, and it's instantly validating because it shows that one, you, you have an idea about what you're talking about Two, that you're, you care about helping them. And three, you just gave them an instant win they instantly feel yeah. like they just got something of value from you that you helped them and what that translates into is it makes it so much easier for them to make the no-brainer decision to say yes you are our person send me the invoice I will write the check let's do the project yeah yeah absolutely yeah. the psychology behind it is really simple um, but it's yeah. just not how we operate by default no no yeah. we we learn so so different at school, you know, like yeah. you're so modern. And I, 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 you know, it's 
sometimes we forget we're all people and we all have uh, dreams and struggles. And, you know, it sounds cheesy, but I think, you know, that I think that made me realize and I, I relaxed a lot when I have an interview because it's like, oh, hey, I get to know someone new today and yeah. hopefully I can help them. And yeah, I think and I hope they can see that and that it's not like something Sometimes I, I can imagine that, you know, if you're going to talk to a designer, oh, no, so intimidating because they think they have this image in their head. Like we are this super sophisticated people, <laughs> like working in a super sophisticated life. Oh, I don't know. And it's like, oh, I'm a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. And showing your personality. And yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. fun. That's so cool. I like it. Yeah. I am so excited for you, Lucia. I I mean, your career has already just exploded, and you're going to just continue to do so many great things. Um, where can everybody connect with you and learn more about you online? Yeah, well, my homepage is www.dyingkey.com. That's D-E-I-N-K-I. And many people ask or wonder, okay, what's this Dainki thing? And that's uh, like two Germans were for my kid, Dein Kind. Okay, and then I took like Dainki, which is why I do everything for yeah. my kids. Yeah. It's yeah, it's I cheesy it. again, but I don't no, know. No, it's, it's not it cheesy. Something like fun and and my name, you heard it. It's like huge and really international. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really hard to pronounce. I say, okay, Lucia from Dainki and that's it. And yeah. then, yeah, you, I, I imagine you will post the Instagram handles for textile at Dainki underscore com. And for the fashion freelance is Dainki underscore freelance designer. Perfect. Yeah. We'll link all that up in the show notes. And I actually love the name and it was cool. Cause when you and I talked about it last time, you were like, so it's cool because it means like the kid or the kids and, and you do this for your kids, but then you're also a kid's yeah. designer. So it really works on yeah. so many levels. I don't think yeah. it's cheesy at all. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I'd love to wrap up the interview by asking you the question we ask at the end of every interview. And that is, what is one thing people never ask you about being a freelance designer that you wish they would? Yeah, I think this, it has to do also with what I said previously about this, this idea about the fashion designer that everyone has in their heads. Uh, that it's like no we're normal people no I don't wear heels all day long <laughs> and you know um, I think we just do our job and with much luck we are fortunate to work with the clients we love and yeah it doesn't have to be like this this stereotype like devil wears Prada you know you you can you can build the career you you want for yourself something like that. Yeah. I, think. <laughs> I love that. And you have built the career that you want for yourself. You're working remote on yeah. projects that you love with brands that are celebrating you as a mom. I mean, gosh, that really made my help, made my heart melt. Um, I, you know, Errol is 18 months, almost 19 months. And 
gosh, your perspective on life really changes. It's unreal. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I get that fully now. Um, so I'm so excited and really proud of all the progress that you've made. And um, I know that your career is just going to continue to go in such an awesome direction. So congrats on all of that. Thank you so much, Heidi. Yeah, it was really good to have you on the podcast, Lucia. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, it was great talking to you again after, like I said, reading your books and your course and everything. It's, it's really nice. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. Thank you, Lucia, for sharing your story and all of your tips and insights. We are so excited for all the progress that you've made in your career, um, as well as a big thank you to two people behind the scenes. My right hand, amazing kick-ass superstar of everything, Tara, does so much to make sure that this show happens, as well as my husband, Mark, who does all of the editing to make sure that the show sounds good in your ears. And as always, again, a big thank you to you for listening. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do because that way you will get notified of upcoming episodes and all of the freelance badassery that we share here on the SFF show. Um, and as always, if you want access to my best freelance resources, they're absolutely free. Head on over to SoHeidi.com slash freelance to grab those. It's S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com. Um, to grab those. It'll also make sure that you are notified when we open up Freelance Accelerator for enrollment. It's our fast uh, program that helps you kickstart or grow your freelance career to build the life and career that you want, doing work that you love while still having time and space to have a little freedom and flexibility in your world. Um, it only opens up a few times a year, so make sure you get on the email list to find out about that. Again, sohoney.com slash freelance. That is it, you guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.